Hello, everyone, and welcome to Completely Machinima, the podcast about machinima and machinima-related topics. I'm your host, uh, one of your hosts, Phil Rice, and with me is Ricky Grove, Damian Valentine, and Tracy Harwood. I see you there. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about, insert film name here, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) introducing that film is going to be insert podcaster's name here (laughs) go ahead insert name tracy what you got for us okay that was our generic intro (laughs) we could use that on all of them right of course you've got to do an outro like that as well well. (laughs) okay so i've got a really well i really enjoyed it it's called the i calentech and it and it's it's by Aaron Sims Creative, uh, and it was released on YouTube on the fourth of November, twenty twenty one, and posted on the Unreal Engine channel as an exemplar of Unreal Engine five, um, whilst it was actually still in early access. So it it's using uh, MetaHuman Creator and the alien character in it, um, if I can pronounce this correctly. Toothasan <laughs> uh, has oh, since yeah, had, yeah, sure. yeah Toothasan has since become a free downloadable asset for Unreal mm. Engine Five. Now, it was actually made um, as part of Short Nightmares Film Festival, uh, which took place inside Fortnite Creative Mode. I think um, as part of the 2021 Halloween period, um, Fortnite Mares. Uh, and was originally shown during that period um, between 28th of October and 1st of November last year. Now, it's an eight-minute-long alien planet story with shades of that amazing film um, we reviewed a few months ago, if you remember, which was made in Star Citizen by the Adrift team, um, for me. Um, It has a a female uh, lead character astronaut um, who... (coughs) Excuse me. She's assigned uh, one last job before heading home um, uh, and presumably retiring. Now, the explorer lands on this mysterious planet where a spaceship has crashed, having hit a drone, and she's going to try and uh, investigate what's happened uh, on this planet to this drone and, and potentially try and repair it. Now, in the process, she gets spooked and tries to leave the planet, and then there's this really wonderful twist in the story. It's super creepy um, and incredibly well done. Um, A lot of the story is driven by some fabulous voice acting um, and really excellent sound design and music, which is really what drives the suspense, I think. Um, The detail in the assets uh, and the scenes is really interesting. Um, And I'd say there's what I would call a gratuitous bug in there, too, um, which seems to be a bit of a a go-to for most of the Unreal Engine 5 creators um, I don't know if you remember, but we also mentioned one in the Cloud Racer um, film last month. Um, there's a, a, a fabulously detailed hostile creature in this with some very interesting movement design. And of course, that's the whole point of the film, because it's one um, it, it's it's being done by this sort of infamous creature creator, Aaron Sims. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of the 2009 um, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek um, monster, mm. which which actually wasn't created by Aaron Sims. It was created by Neville Page. 
uh, by the way, although I understand it's probably originally derived from a mutated giant squid from the Godzilla radiation stable. Anyway, Sims um, Creative is, of course, a special effects giant and has created some of the most memorable creature characters we've seen in big budget films. So it's worth hearing about his creative process in Unreal Engine 5. And you can catch up on that with a really nice little interview um, that he's done with Alan Mackay on his podcast, which we'll put a, a link in to as well. So that's all I've got to say on it. I don't know what you guys thought of it. I really enjoyed it, but maybe you didn't. This is a film I was going to pick, and then I saw um. you already had. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was a really stunning film. Uh, you can, as you're watching it, because you don't really see the main character out of her spacesuit, all you got is that her eyes are visible, and the rest of it, she's got a mask on and the helmet. She stays like that throughout the entire film. You kind of forget that you're watching an animated film because that could so easily be a real person in a real suit in a real environment yeah. and that's a testament yeah. to the rendering capabilities of um unreal is because you you forget that it mm. looks real and all the detail on the spaceship on the in the landscape on the monster and everything about it is just absolutely stunning and um, that's one of the reasons i was going to choose it <laughs> but <laughs> I'm i can glad see i got there first <laughs> <laughs> i can see why uh, uh it's been used by unreal to show off the capabilities of what the engine can do and um yeah i, I just was really, really amazed by it and it's one of my favorite films that we've seen this month so that's great that's yeah. great there was some particular detail work um that imp that really impressed me early on in the short she's still in the spaceship and it's showing kind of a side view as she's looking at all these different controls and readouts on her craft right on the on the cockpit and the eye movement oh yes looking from different looking between different things it was so yes just so beautifully done i mean uh, like so believable mm -hmm. um and, and just i i find myself kind of stepping out for a second watching that and going how do they how do they do that you know mm -hmm. is there face capture that can get that i mean because it's i've heard different scientists talk about the marvel of our eyes and the way that they focus and the fact that we as a human being that i can be standing across the room from someone and i can tell what they're looking at mm -hmm. and basically they, they talked about that in terms of what incredible calculation that is you know this is a there's a geometry to that right and and mm. that we are so precise we if if someone's looking at your head instead of looking at your eyes you can tell or if if, if someone's looking in a particular direction you you can tell just from the eye movement and the fact that we can interpret that and uh make decisions if you will at a, at a sensory level based on that just what a marvelous piece of equipment this is right mm -hmm. and i it, it's incredible to see a real-time engine capture that precision that really you only ever see in a real human face <clears throat> um and uh, so i i was i was ensnared by this uh from the get-go once i saw that because that's uh that's, that's exquisite work and and 
the film that you mentioned uh, from the uh, the adrift film, Tracy, mm-hmm. um, had similar strengths. Yeah. Um, this was this was, I think, to to the next level, yeah. uh, and to some degree, uh, uh, Cloud Racer. Yeah. Um, even though there were some problems with some of the face animations, particularly in the jaw area, but upper face, mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow, some of those expressions that the the uh, younger racer would make when talking to his dad and eye rolls and things like that. It's just, it's it's amazing, um, the detail there. I like the story overall. Um, I wish it had caught me a little more by surprise, but I kind of was able to see it coming mm-hmm. a, a little earlier than I wanted to. It's not a, fall, uh, a fault in the story, um, I don't think. Um, the creature felt a little familiar. Yeah. Maybe disappointingly familiar. Like, I, I, I can't tell you where I've seen it before, but I had this overwhelming sense of, oh, I've seen something like that before. Um, but the story craft was nice. I, I think my one criticism, if it's even my place to give it, you know, given that the uh, who Aaron Sims is, is, is I would have liked to see a version of this film that had about one third the amount of spoken dialogue as this did. I felt like that for me, it suffered a little bit. The fact that the character was constantly articulating verbally every thought she was having. Ah, ah, yeah, good point. And it, and it, it kind of falls into that show don't tell thing that I, I feel like, man, you got all these tools, you got this exquisite control over animations and stuff. That do you really need her to tell me? Oh, gee, what should I do next? You know, it's it's I don't know. It's it's nitpicky, I guess. But um, I think that that the sense of of suspense and and maybe terror or horror to some degree could have been elevated even more uh, if there wasn't quite so much uh, soliloquy. <laughs> Mm. Uh, uh, very but, very good point. That's, that's good just point. that's just what I think because I think the overall story, which damn it, we can't even really talk about without <laughs> giving away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's neat. It's a neat little sci-fi thing. It's not wholly original, the concept of it, but it's well executed. It was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, that's that that that's that's what I kind of felt like was jarring me out of it. Is is you know, I'm not sexist at all, but I just like, lady, shut up, you know, <laughs> shut up and be terrified, please. So that was my only beef with it. Uh, um, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously uh, a lot to admire in this work yeah. for sure. Now, you've all made the points that I, I would have made as well. Um, I liked it. I was drawn into the story. I too was caught up by the facial animations and just the superiority of the unreal rendering you know, we've watched a lot of Unity films. We've watched a lot of other machinima shot and different things. And Unreal, by far, is the highest and best rendering and animation yeah. uh, capability. No wonder so many virtual productions are using it because it is so good. And it's free, folks. It's free. You can just jump right in and get it. it there's yeah. a learning curve. But like anything, there's going to be a learning curve. So I was very appreciative of that. Uh, I I came away smiling and, and enjoying the thing because it was somewhat familiar. But I do have a couple things that troubled me. One is that it seemed very traditional. Um, other than switching the a woman for a male character, um, 
which I'm glad because it didn't turn out to be a woman in peril situation, you know. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of things that troubled me. One is she kept talking about retiring, and yet she looked to be no more than 25. Yeah. It didn't make much sense to me. It, to me, it would be a, a better choice to have an older person in that role. And the other thing is, is that why in the world did she go into that cave in the first place? You know what I mean? She only has a flashlight. She obviously knows that this is a, a world that could have some danger elements. She doesn't have her gun out first. She just walks blindly into the whole thing. And of course, she gets trapped. And that was really troubling because I think, well, you, I kept thinking, well, you, in addition to talking so much, shut up, lady, and get, be smarter, you know, <laughs> be smarter. That's and a good then, point because if she were older and experienced, she would know not to go in there. Exactly. Yeah. She would have. She's a she rookie. Used, why is she retiring? No, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> she would have used some sort of scanning technology to scan the interior of the cave to see whether there were any organic forms in there that might threaten her, you know, or send a drone in or something like that. But anyway, the that wasn't what they chose to do. They chose to make her very simple in that and that's the traditional quality i wish that it had been a little more poetic a little more risky in the way they did their shots you know we've seen some individual machinima film machinima films that had a similar nostalgic appeal for a typical sci-fi situation that have, were very creative in the way they moved the camera there was very little camera movement in this by the way you know it was just medium shot close-up wide shot, medium shot, close up, wide shot. Now, I, I understand that film language is what people like and what they understand. And it's simple and it made the story appealing, but it troubled me that there, it seemed to be a lack of imaginative um, a, a effort on their part because uh, Unreal can certainly do some amazing things with it. Mm -hmm. And then the sort of piste resistance was, as you pointed out, Phil, the sort of, oh yeah, there's a monster. They just didn't make it didn't share that that shock that you should get from it. You know, the jumping cat syndrome where you turn the corner and this thing leaps at you and you knew she was going to escape it. So there was no real um, suspense in any of that. Uh, so those were the things that bothered me about it. But, you know, those are things that only by taking time to look at it closely and watching it a couple of times that I get my overall experience was positive. I, I enjoyed watching it the first time. I didn't think about those things the first time, except for the monster. It was only on subsequent viewings, but I liked it. And um, I want to see more by uh, that company and the director. Great. Do you think, Ricky, that the, the, the lack of, uh, let's say, innovative approach with the camera, was, was this creator inhibited by his own professional experience in that regard well that's you a know, really good point you get, you get taught this is the way it's done and there are things that are possible in unreal like you said that that aren't necessarily possible with real world cameras um i don't know it just it, when you said that it made well, me think i wonder if it's one of those things where sometimes machinima creators are are willing to be a little more daring sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but they're willing to experiment more there because they for lack of a better phrase they don't know any better 
And well, maybe that the, helps sometimes, you know. The problem in a commercial situation is that they don't have time to fail on shots. They have to get the shots right. And so they're much more conservative on, on the shots that they chose. Right. On sets and sets that I've been on, um, the director will often read the paper in between while they're setting up the lighting mm -hmm. and will say, and we'll do the traditional close-up mid-shot, um, maybe a push-in and a wide shot, and that's it, because they know that's what works. Those are the basics of storytelling and they have to get the job done in five days or six days. However, there are individuals that I've worked with who they don't give a damn about that. And they've thought it all through very carefully and they have a crew that understands that's how they work. And so they reduce the risk of not being able to get a shot by being able to, uh, they are the director to have discussed it with the people beforehand and then setting up that shot and executing it clear cleanly. So I think it's a matter of choice. Okay. And also a commercial exigency as well. Mm. Great pick Tracy. Yeah. yeah Very well, really, really good trick. Even though you Very beat me trick. to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn you. Actually, if I'm going to do the generic outro, it should be, wow, that was a really great prick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a really great prick, Tracy. <laughs> That's a really great pick. Insert podcaster name here. We'll look forward to the next one. Um, if you have any feedback, you, you know, any thoughts you'd like to share on the, the film that we just discussed, uh, please let us know through our website, uh, completelymachinima.com. Look for the talk button or talk tab. You can send it to us by email or by other methods. We'd love to hear from you. And we will, we as you have seen in prior episodes, we will share your feedback on the air. So we will. Um, yeah. Let us know. And uh, thank you, guys. This was a great discussion. And I'm yep. looking forward to the next one. Thanks, next Tracy. Bye. 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 Thanks. Insert podcast name here. <laughs>